You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Hey, have you heard the big news? I'm starting an online community for Startup Nation next month. And I am looking for 20 founding members who want to work closely with myself to shape the community experience step-by-step. If you want to apply, go to blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. Today, my featured guest is Kimberly Weil. You can find her at storytellingschool.com, storytellingschool.com, crushing it, Startup Nation. Those are two words with unlimited potential of possibility. That describes the life path perfectly for Kimberly. How else could one possibly explain a person who holds the distinction of NCAA Woman of the Year, fourth degree, master level, black belt, MBA-educated, author of two books on technology, founder of an award-winning software company, winner of both the Spirit of Entrepreneurship Award for Professional Services and the Association for Women in Communications, Women of Achievement Award. Why do they name awards so long? I don't get it. (laughs) And then she's trainer of over 300 TEDx speakers. She's an improv comedy performer and trainer. She's an international speaker and creator of storytellingschool.com that specializes in high stakes, short form storytelling to help thought leaders like you, Startup Nation, expand your influence. And we're just getting started. Now, Kimberly's determination to defy her own barriers fused with her unique combination of storytelling, spontaneity, and strategy. This has resulted in a powerful communication approach that has drawn the likes of CEOs like you, high network worth individuals, influencers, and entrepreneurs the world over. Again, if you want more Kimberly, you can find her at storytellingschool.com. But for now, Startup Nation, I brought her to your ears. You're welcome. Here we go. Kimberly Weil, welcome to your first 100K Top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. We're going to learn from you today. We're going to get you top three tips and strategies. We're going to get your entrepreneurial story. And I'm also going to 
tear away, deep dive and excavate into the things, the challenges, the struggles that you have as a, a human, just like the rest of us. So we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to get into the mental game of all of it. Welcome to your first 100K. Take a minute, 30 seconds, share something personal about you that very few jo people in your business life actually know. Joseph, Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And it is just such an honor to be here today with you and the Startup Nation. And I feel like so many of our journeys kind of intertwine and they come together at weird opportunities. And I remember my first time at the TED conference. So this was back before there were TEDx events and before there were TED Talks online, TED was this private club that you had to get an invitation to go to. And luckily I was in the technology industry. So I actually got asked to build this software product for TED this first year. And so I'm there at TED, you know, like a kid in the candy store, just all these fancy people and amazing ideas. And I remember sitting in the audience at that very first TED and I'm, I'm in the audience, it's packed theater. And the speaker that was on, his name was Wade Davis and he is a National Geographic explorer. And he was showing these pictures that were mesmerizing and his ideas were just, they made my brain want to just pop. And then, Towards the end of his talk, he said something just casually offhand that gave me chills. He said, storytelling can change the world. Yes, I knew in that moment I wanted to change the world too. Only back then, I didn't know how to tell the stories. I was in the technology industry, as I mentioned. So this was back in 2003. And so I was all focused on my ones and zeros, not plots and characters. Yet I couldn't get his words out of my mind. And so my secret obsession began and I became like this detective of story. And I started studying story and researching story and kind of dissecting story to understand why story works and why it doesn't. And I started to notice that speakers who had story and used story in their speeches, captivated audiences and they were the ones who got the standing O's. And yet people who didn't have stories and were just showing their bar chart, they got, you know, kind of courtesy applause or people who really wanted to influence change in the world use story and then people who didn't kind of nothing happened. Movements didn't happen, action didn't happen. And so, with this, armed with this, I decided, all right, I'm going to go into this world. And I started, I started teaching people story and I started coaching speakers. I uh, started running my own TEDx events. And that was absolutely life-changing for me because the more I did it, the more opportunities I had to kind of be behind the curtain with people and help them bring their ideas to life. And what I noticed in all my story studying and training is that there was a lot of um, methodologies for telling long, expansive stories, but there wasn't a methodology to tell stories real short in five sentences or in five seconds or five minutes. And so I developed my own short form story methodology and I started to teach it to people around the world. And all of a sudden, 
change starts happening and people start like it, it was just life changing for so many people. And I realized this is what I was meant to do in the world. And so that brings us full circle to storytelling school today, because I believe that we have an opportunity to expand our influence through one choice, telling a story. Startup Nation, I brought Kimberly on because she created the world's first influence expansion system. That's what she's talking about. Short form story. How do you tell compelling stories for your products, your brands, your personal life experience, and do it in a way that's concise, clear, and compelling? Compelling meaning move people into action to take that next step. So Kimberly, I'm going to ask you to reveal your secrets that people spend a lot of money. They invest in you. I'm putting you on the spot and I'm going to ask like, what is your methodology that has helped so many people create so much influence around the world that you've taught over the years, you've perfected, you worked out the bugs in this thing. And now you got it to this clear and simple one, two, three, one, two, five, one to 10 step methodology for startup nation. How do they tell their story, their product story, their service story, very clear and right to the point? What do you got for them? Hey, startup nation, grab your pen and paper. That was your cue. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's where it starts. First of all, know that every single one of you out there has a story to tell. Every single one of you has a story to tell and stories are all around us. Stories don't have to be these grandiose uh, things where um, something life shattering happened or you were in a situation where your everything changed for you forever. Stories can have different forms. And so first, as you're grabbing your pen and paper, Think about an inciting incident. Inciting, what do you mean? In, inciting, inciting. So that inciting incident is what uh, we call that, that moment of change. And so think about your life is going along and something changes for you. What is that change? So it could be something like you had a job offer. It could be something like you um, had a decision to make whether to leave your nine to five and enter this entrepreneurial world, or you had a decision to make, maybe someone proposed to you and you could say yes or say no. So those inciting incidents are what we're after. So we are after those moments of change in your life and you can build your entire story around that one moment in time. And here's another tip. When you're telling a story, we don't need a huge, long uh, background. Get to the good stuff fast. And what that means is take us into that moment in time. So I took you in my story that I was talking about how I came up with this crazy idea to start storytelling school to that moment of time in the theater. I didn't tell you my 20 year history about, you know, my all the technology and what I did there and, and all the different entrepreneurial um, positions I've had, I got right into it with the theater. And you can do the same thing too. So take us into a moment in time with an inciting incident. And, and that inciting incident is something happens, something changes. 
Hmm. And then here's another tip. If you want to bring your audience in and capture their attention in the moment, tell your story in present tense. And what I mean by that is um, instead of saying, I did this and, and this did happen and something was going on, if you take us into the, a moment in time, I'm in a theater, enraptured, listening to Wade Davis talk about these indigenous cultures that were just mesmerizing, right? So you can do it past tense, you can do it present tense, but sometimes and oftentimes when you wanna captivate your audience, take us into that moment in time. We wanna feel as an audience, like we are reliving the story with you. We are right there in that theater. We are right there in that boardroom. We are right there re-experiencing your story right alongside you. It makes a lot of sense because when I think of how the uh, movie producers create movies that we connect with, they're just, we're, we're absorbed into that person's life or their experience, and it's happening real time in their life. Now, occasionally they'll reflect back on their past, but mostly the story is present. It's in the present and we get to jump in and just kind of be the fly on the wall and go, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? I don't know. I need to know. And we click the next one. And then we're Netflix binging and it's ridiculous. And we lost <laughs> half of our life. Okay. So, but the point is it works because it works. They're great storytellers. Movies are great storytelling. So, Startup Nation, so far, I just want to break down those two major tips Kimberly gave you. One, identify inciting incidences. I like to just call it defining events in your life where there was a before mm -hmm. and an after. You sure. know, before yeah. you were this way and then event happened and now you're this way. So identify one or more of those and then tell your story in present tense to captivate the listener. So going back to number one, Kimberly, how do we know which story is the right story? Because some of us have lived epic lives and we have so many good stories. How do we know which one our audience wants to hear rather than what we think we should tell? I love that question, Joseph. So um, first of all, because stories are all around us, and I hope we've lived a life that is worthy of stories because there can be so many different kinds of stories. One is keep a story journal so that you are not judging yourself all the time as you are collecting these stories. Well, uh, this one doesn't work or this one uh, it's not, not great, the audience. So keep a story journal so you have that. So I, I call it my story arsenal. So I have a story arsenal, it goes with me everywhere I go. So I have the stories at the ready. There you go. I mean, you gotta have it, you gotta, you gotta be ready. You gotta be armed with that story. Spoken like a true black belt. <laughs> and, and so how do you choose? First of all, know your audience. Think, put yourself in their position and ask yourself if you were in this audience, what story would they love to hear based on where you're going with the story? What's the lesson you wanna teach? So a lot of times we tell stories because we wanna teach lessons. Stories bring lessons to life. And so if you wanna teach a story about resilience and you are, excuse me, you wanna teach a lesson about resilience, maybe look for one of your stories where you had great resilience in your life. You overcame something pretty significant and you had resilience. Or let's say you know this audience loves humor and so you can pick a story where 
Maybe it's a little embarrassing, but it's hilarious. And your audience will love that and you're teaching a lesson because of it. Maybe you're teaching how to just let go and laugh and so you're choosing that story. So the more that you know your audience and, and really take a moment to understand what do they need? What, what do they want? How can I serve them? How can I help them? And that can help drive the story that you pick. That's powerful. Here's a problem I've run into in my own storytelling. Can I share my problem with you, Kimberly? I would love for you to share your problem. Okay. So I would share stories from my life because I like to entertain people, right? I like to make people smile. And I would share these stories from my life that were real stories. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out I made so many dumb decisions earlier in my life that a lot of the stories that I have gathered, this collection of life stories, are quite epic and unrelatable to many because they haven't taken those types of risks that I used to take because I was very naive and just I made stupid decisions, right? So I found myself in like these hairy situations, life and death, almost being murdered, etc. So my question is, how do you take... Uh, well, one, do you share those stories that seem so extreme, so outlandish, so unrelatable? First, do you share those or they're not the right stories because nobody's going to really get them except very few or relate to them? Or if you do share them, how do you share them in a way that people can connect with and relate to if they've never gone through that level of, say, risk themselves in their own life? Sure. A couple things come to mind there. One is even those stories of life or death, maybe the audience hasn't been at that extreme level of life or death. The better that you can link it to an idea, the the more um, they will be able to relate to what you're saying. So you can be honest with your audience and say, you know, although many of you may have not you know, been standing on the edge of a bridge ready to jump off. I'm making this up, of course. Um, but if, if this was true <clears throat> and you were telling that story, you say, you know, uh, jumping off a bridge is actually a, a very similar to, and then you can use a metaphor. You can use something to link it to another idea. You know, it, it's not that extreme, but it is very similar to when um, you go on stage the first time, you know, the, the mm. adrenaline rush and the, the nerves and the sweating and the, you know, the, so many of the same uh, physical attributes happen no matter, you know, where, where you are. And some is one on one side, it's an extreme one. It's not as an extreme, but either way, we're feeling that adrenaline rush and we need to know how can we use that to our advantage? You know, it, it depends on, again, the lesson that you want to pull out, but it's that bridge that, that can transform an idea into something that's way out there and not, not really relatable to something that everyone can relate to. So to clarify, what I heard you say is you can use Startup Nation, your extreme life or death stories or addiction stories or just like divorce and trauma stories. You can use these types of extreme stories if, Kimberly is saying, you connect it to a common principle or theme that everyone struggles with such as, you know, uh, resilience or getting back up or uh, not quitting. 
um, and then sure. connect it. So that's the bridge is, is the principle that anyone can relate to. That's just a, a human concept that we all deal with. Is that correct? That's correct. And I'll add one little additional piece to it. Actually, it's not little, it's pretty significant. A lot of um, times one mistake that I see a lot of people make in storytelling is when we are telling those stories that are dark, that are really tough, that yeah. are um, very intense, we want to make sure that we bring our audience up and out of that story. Yes, don't leave to, them there at the edge of the lot, cliff. I know a lot of people do this. I work with I a lot to. of vet, veterans and, yep. you know, and we've got suicide and, and different things that, you know, stories that they're telling. And this is very real and very true. And so you can always ask yourself, why am I telling this story? You know, sometimes we, we, we need to work through our own stories to be able to then tell the story. So sometimes we need to resolve things internally. And I know, Joseph, that's what you do with people and you help them so much, you know, resolving kind of that internal story that we're telling ourselves. And so once we work through that, then we can be ready to share that story with others in service to others. So think of mm -hmm. it like this. Um, every time you're telling a story, it's in service to others. Yeah, I really get that. So Startup Nation, make sure that you don't just share the trial in the story, but you share the triumph afterwards. You got to have the after that goes with the before. Otherwise, you leave the person just feeling terrible. And remember, people remember how you make them feel, not specifically what you say. So it, that feeling is very important. Thank you, Kimberly, for pushing back on that. Uh, what do we, what's missing? What do we need to know? Like you, you want to land one point right now to Startup Nation. They got their pen. They got their paper. They have an open mind right now. They have stories. They're confused on which are, are the right stories, but they're going to go in right now and they're going to pick just one simple story and connect it to what do they want to teach with that? Like, what's that, that theme? What's that bridge? Like, what do you want to say to them? Like, what do they need? What step do they need to take? What block do they have in their head or rock do they have in their head that needs to move? What do you got? Here's what I would say to that. Uh, be willing to develop a story strategy. And what I mean by that is instead of just kind of getting up there and letting your brain take off and say whatever you want to say, have strategy. So go in there purposeful. And I believe there's three stories that every single person needs to have in their back pocket. The first story is what I call a spotlight story. So that story would be a time in your life. We, we have inciting incidents, by the way, on all three of these. So that first story, that spotlight story is the most significant time in your life where everything changed. What is that most significant? You had many times in your life where things changed, but now I'm after that very personal, real, raw story where everything changed. The story that had the most impact on your life, the story where it made you who you are today. That's your spotlight story. So you're going to want to have that in your back pocket. So to clarify, story. that's your biggest transformation story. Sure. Yes. Yes. The, again, if this, if without this story, you would not be who you are today. Got it. Good or bad oh. or otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the spotlight story. The second story that you want to have in your back pocket is what I call the origin story. 
And this story, Startup Nation, is gold for you guys because the origin story is why does your business deserve to exist? Why? What is it? What was that kernel of the idea? What was that back of the napkin idea that gave you the idea to start the business that you started that you have started now? Was it something someone said? Was it a poem you read? Was it a podcast you heard? Where did you hear this idea and how did you come up with the idea? So that's what I would call your origin story. This is your business origin story. So Got that's it. number two, essential. And by the way, stick that baby on your website. Put it on you know, your social media, like have that origin story everywhere. Don't keep it a secret. People love to know how did, how did you get from where you are today? Where, where, where did it all start? Okay, number three, that is what I call a case story. Haha, <laughs> so case study, right? Case story. We need stories of your actual clients that worked with you or are working with you. And the more case stories that you have, the more that we can get a sense of how you work with people and what you have to offer and what you do. And again, back to your point, Joseph, it is the transformation. We're looking for the transformation in those case stories. So how did you take uh, one of your clients from A to B or A to Z? How did you do that? We wanna know. So those, those case studies you can use Again, they can be very short. You can use them in an interview like this on a podcast. You can use them on your website. You can use them when you're speaking on social. Um, those case stories can be gold because that's how people can see themselves in those stories. And then they can say, oh, I want to work with him or I want to work with her because I want to be like the person in that story. So Kimberly, immediately I'm thinking of my own website and I'm like, I'm missing one or two of those types of stories, right? On my website, what should our websites look like if we're a coach, for example, many coaches out there are listening right now and they have clients and they have those transformation stories. They became a coach because they went through their own transformation with the very thing that they now serve the world with. Like when I go to their website or a visitor goes to their website, is it just a series of spotlight story on the homepage, then origin story, and then a, a bunch of case stories? Is that what the website should look like? Like, what does it look like? And I'm, I don't want you to get technical. I want you to, uh, what's the specific, how do you showcase that, those three pieces of, of content that are invaluable? Sure. So a um, couple of ideas here. First of all, your homepage, it's not about you. It's about your potential clients. So make it be about me as a potential client to you. So grab me, grab me right with the first headline, the first line, grab me. And then maybe there's a video of your origin story right there on the homepage, right there. Or maybe it's in written form, or maybe there's a link to it, but there's somewhere that I can access your origin story right on the homepage or you can also put it in the about page. Your about page is a beautiful place for stories. And you can either put your origin story there that you can also put your spotlight story there. Um, oftentimes spotlight stories are a little long to read, longer than um, some of the other stories, depending on how in depth you're going with that story. And so spotlight story would be great on video. And so someone could just read about you right on video in your spotlight story. Your case stories, you can sprinkle those in your website. So a lot of um, people will have testimonials throughout their website. 
why not have a little case story um, here on this page on this page especially on your sales pages please use story on your sales pages please 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 and your case stories are perfect for your sales sales pages because when I'm making a decision to buy should I buy should I not if I can see myself in your clients it will influence my ability to click that buy button because I want those results and so those case stories are perfect for your sales pages and then yeah and so so that's kind of an idea of how you can do it and I will also add that if you treat it as an experiment that is going to be your best method because you want to watch and see what are people clicking on if you put it up on your home page or people watching that video like don't just set it and forget it but pay attention to your metrics and your numbers and how's it doing how many people are clicking on it move it to your about page how many people are now you know watching it on your about page so you can kind of test and try and and find that best placement for you but i would say having all three on your website so that people get to know you because why I'll, again one more i get so excited joseph about all this stuff um but one more thing i want to say is that you know we hear as entrepreneurs a lot about the no like and trust factor right i mean that's a lot of people talk about this no like and trust factor so you startup nation can collapse time by having stories on your website and it will help people know like and trust you faster because they get to know who you are and how you think and what matters to you through story. I think that's the title of this episode. <laughs> how to get people to know, like, and trust you faster or clients. Yep. Awesome. All right. Kimberly, Kimberly, we're speaking with Kimberly Weil. You can find her at storytellingschool.com. She like created the world's first influence expansion system. People like, pay attention you like her i kind of like her she's cool she's good people and now we're gonna scare her with the hustle around okay kimberly welcome to the hustle round i'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions you'll have about three seconds to answer each don't overthink it it's just for fun think of it like like martial arts come on we're having fun here we're sparring what's your favorite thing about entrepreneurship Oh my gosh, my favorite thing about entrepreneurship is to make a difference because as entrepreneurs, we have the ability to change lives and we can do it through our own vision and our dreams. And I love having that ability to just change people the world over. And the world needs change, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure does. <laughs> What's your least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Okay. Um, okay. My, I got a list. What are you? <laughs> my least favorite thing. No, it's just there's so. Here's my least favorite thing. There are so many ideas that I have and things I want to implement that I'm only one person. And my least favorite thing is that there is not enough time to do everything I want to do. So that would be my least favorite thing because I have dreams, big dreams, and I want to affect big change in our world. I'm thinking right now, God, why didn't you create more of me in the world? Seriously, <laughs> the world needs more me's. No, I'm kidding. All right. What? I believe we're struggling with something at any given moment of our life, Kimberly. It's just part of being human, right? That's where all the stories come from. So what are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally that Startup Nation can relate to? I am struggling with 
delegation. Um, it, there are so many, again, opportunities. And as I'm growing and I'm expanding my influence, there are opportunities to find those rock stars and put them in their perfect places that are great within my organization. And it's hard to let go sometimes, you know, because I am a recovering perfectionist. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to just let those things go. I'm getting better at it. But it is a struggle. Nation, have you noticed that I invite a lot of little control freaks onto my show? Have you noticed this? It's probably because I like hanging out with people like me. That's what it is. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Okay, Joseph. So just between you and I, um, not that... It has anything to do with perfection, but I can tell a story like that. Writing a podcast intro took me 20 something hours or more. I don't even know. It took me so long to write my darn podcast intro and launch my podcast because it wasn't perfect. And I kept working on it, working on it, working on it. So I spent way too much time on that intro and come to find out you can re-record it. Like you can do it again. <laughs> We can be so dumb. I'm telling you, I've done the same thing, so I get it. Uh, what are you most afraid of? You know, um, I have an interesting relationship with fear uh, because of my athletic background and, of course, my martial arts. Um, and then as an improv performer, I'm surrounded by forcing myself to do the things that scare me. And I do that on purpose. I put myself in those positions on purpose. And I have a improv coach uh, who always tells me, you know, I know you don't want to, but do it anyway. And that's kind of how I look at fear. Like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think I'm most afraid, to be honest, um, about judgment on stage when I'm doing my improv performance, because here I am. So we get kind of silly and kind of ridiculous. And at storytelling school, you know, we're very professional and, you know, it, it's, it's, we're changing the world. And then I'm on stage and improv doing some pretty ridiculous things. And so I often have this fear that uh, of judgment of the audience, you know, that they're going to say like, you know, that's not funny or even worse, like that's ridiculous. That's dumb. You know, so I have this, fear of, of that. And I do it anyway. I used to have that just occurring <laughs> unprofessional, right? And whatever that looks like. So I completely yeah. get that for sure. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? You know, I, I, this is, this is a very, um, real fear that people won't get out there and tell their stories because they feel like I don't have a story that's worthy or my story's not good enough or speaking of judgment, they judge their own stories. So they, they don't expand their influence. They don't get out there and share and help change people's lives because they feel like it's not good enough. Yeah, I get and that. And that's, that's a tragedy. And it's, and I want everyone to just believe and know that you do have that inside you. You've got it. You've got it. And you startup, can change lives. Startup Nation, you're going to stop judging your stories when you finally stop judging yourself. Like, that's what's so. Like, 
give yourself a little grace. Yes. You're broken like the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> That's your starting point. Just own it, accept it, don't make it wrong. You're imperfect. You've never been perfect. Nobody else is perfect. Stop trying to be perfect. Just make progress day to day. Okay, Kimberly, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Well, you just said it, that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to be a little messy. And actually, pro tip, the best stories are a little messy. Yeah. What's a new habit you want to create? Um, okay, <laughs> this is, I hope it's embarrassing. Go. Well, yeah, no, there's just so many. Um, okay. Uh, new habit. I, I hear there's this thing called sleep and it's supposedly really good. I'm going to try it sometime. So I would like to develop a habit of sleeping. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's a bad habit you want to break? Okay, um, here here goes embarrassing. So you know how we all get those Amazon boxes? Um, and I don't know if Startup Nation, you know this, but those Amazon boxes make perfect cat forts. And so I build these cat forts out of those Amazon boxes. And my husband, he is so sweet and so understanding and patient. Uh, that I, I have these cat, we have giant cats, two giant cats. And so I build these cat fort boxes all over the house. And um, I would, he would probably appreciate if I maybe didn't do that as much. <laughs> so. so when you say cat fort, it implies cat battles. Do you like? No, 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 battle? no battles. Okay. We have okay. sweet, sweet giant cats. They're about 20 pounds, 20, 22 pounds, right. but they're sweet. But no, yeah. they, they climb in them and they play and yeah. they chase things. And so it's like, it's like an adventure, like a cat adventure. I like it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Excited. Um, Cause that's me. Um, I'm excited. I am. I'm relentless. I, I don't settle. So I am relentless to uh, serve and take care of the people around me. Um, and I would have to say I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunities and the entrepreneurial life I have. I love my life. Now, Kimberly, I, I realize you're doing over six figures a year. Congratulations. That's awesome. What do you uh, pick three words to describe who you are your first year in this business? You know, my first year, I was still excited because that's like me that goes back to birth. Maybe I'm excited about all the things. Um, in my first year, I think I was also, um, I would say dynamic because, you know, I, I, yeah, dynamic would be a word that comes to me because there were, I had to sort of figure out where my lanes were going to be. Um, and my first year, I would say driven because my dreams were and still are really big. And I knew that in order to achieve those dreams, it was going to take some massive commitment and massive drive to get where I wanted to go. Got it. Awesome. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your husband in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, death, work, relationships, all of it, what would you say to them? 
I would say you get to choose what happens next in the story. And what I mean by that is we have the ability to write that next chapter, to choose what happens next. It's kind of like the choose your own adventure books. I don't know if you, Joseph, did you ever read those as, as a kid, those choose your own adventure books? No, I went out and lived them. <laughs> even better, even better. I love that. And so, so, but we have the ability to do that. And sometimes, uh, you know, I think there's three, three, um, ways to look at story, the story we tell ourselves, the story we tell others and the stories that are told to us. And oftentimes the story that we tell ourselves is a limiting story. But instead, I my advice would be we can write that next chapter ourselves. We can choose where the story goes next. So tell yourself a good story, Startup Nation. Inspire yourself. Any final wisdom, Kimberly? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K or, or seven figures this year? Um, I would say... It goes back to having a story strategy. Your story can change the game for you as an entrepreneur. I've seen it happen. So many of the people I work with, they, they, infil, they allow stories to infiltrate their work and it changes the game. So have that origin story, have that spotlight story, have that case story, because when you do, you can change lives. I've seen it happen many, many times. Startup Nation, what I'm taking away from today's show with Kimberly is that uh, over the years in whichever business I've created, I've had two successes uh, plus my current one and 10 failures, right? And, and regardless of success or failure, all of those businesses, I have never had all three stories showcased. I've never had a spotlight origin and case story. I've had one, sometimes I've had two of those, but I've never had all three, which makes me want to go take care of that yesterday. How about yes, you, Startup do it, Mason? Do it. How about you? All right. So Kimberly, what's the West, best way, the West way, what's the best way <laughs> for Startup Nation to get in touch with you and find out what you're up to or get involved or hire you because they want help from the expert who created the world's first influence expansion system? Well, a couple different ways. So my website where all the good stuff's happening is storytellingschool.com. My podcast is Storytelling School, the podcast. So you can find it there. And I'm on Instagram mostly at Storytelling School. So that's super easy. And I have a surprise for Startup Nation. So for Startup Nation, just like our choose the own our own adventure books i was thinking about this and i i want to make a story out of this so you can go to one of two urls you can either go to storytellingschool.com influence or you can go to storytellingschool.com expansion and there's a little treat for you waiting um at e either of those urls don't go to both pick one or the other do you want to expand do you want influence? Which do you want more? So that is that is little little gifts waiting for you. What a cliffhanger. I gotta <laughs> know. I just have to know, Kimberly. All right, we're speaking with Kimberly Weil. Thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life.
Thank you, Joseph. You are just such a gracious host and what you're doing for the world, speaking of giving back and changing lives. Thank you so much for what you do. It matters. Hey, Startup Nation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. Whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab your free 10-day training at first100k.com. That's first100k.com. Number two, get your hands on a copy of my new book, Your First 100K, How to Make Six Figures in Under 12 Months at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or one-on-one level at blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. I'll see you next week on your first 100K. And remember that wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you're just 100K away.